Our reading today is from the Holy Gospel according to St. John, uh, the fourth chapter, beginning at the first verse. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard, Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John, although it was not Jesus himself, but his disciples who baptized, he left Judea and started back to Galilee, but he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews did not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that, I, so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you've said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Brothers and sisters, this is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. In order to understand 
and fully appreciate what is taking place in today's gospel reading, you and I need to spend some time here at the start thinking about Samaria and first century Jewish culture. Faithful Jews would do anything possible to avoid having to pass through Samaria. And if they had to go that way, they would avoid contact with the Samaritan people, whom they considered to be unworthy, untouchable, unclean. Jews did not recognize Samaritans as true Israelites because the Samaritan people did not believe in the centrality and the singular holiness of the temple in Jerusalem. In fact, they worshipped in a temple of their own on Mount Gerizim. For the people of Israel, this was a profane religious violation and a spiritual perversion. The division over this was intense, and it had already been going on for centuries, 900 years before the time of Christ. In our reading today, Jesus is making his way from Judea back to Galilee, and John tells us he had to go through Samaria. So when Jesus encounters this woman at the well, she already has, according to Jewish custom, two strikes against her. She is a despised Samaritan, and she's female. Jewish men, like Jesus, were not to greet or speak to women openly in public. One Jewish writer at the time of Jesus, a philosopher named uh, Philo of Alexandria, taught that women should always stay at home as much as possible, with the exception being to do necessary domestic chores, housework, or go to the synagogue for worship, where they were separated from the men and not permitted to speak or read aloud. When my family moved to Albuquerque in the summer of 1998, we had to adjust to many changes. Uh, back in Minnesota, where we had lived, I was used to going for a run at noonday instead of taking a lunch break. And after a few midday runs here in the New Mexico heat, I soon learned it was far better to go for my mountain runs as early as 5.30 a.m. before the sun had come up over the Sandia Mountains in the east, baking the ground below. Women in Jesus' day knew all about the intensity of the sun's heat in the middle of the day. They would go to the village well at sunrise or sunset, never at noonday, in order to avoid the heat. But this woman, this Samaritan woman, comes at high noon. Why would she do such a thing? Why would she avoid the company of other women earlier or later in the day where they could speak freely without men around? There's something going on here. There's something going on with her. And that something is shame. She's already had five marriages fail. And the man she's with now, at that moment, is not even her husband. So, she's a Samaritan. Strike one. She's female. 
strike two, and her marriages, five of them, ended in divorce, and she's now living with a man without the blessing of marriage. Strike three, you're out. If there was ever an unclean Samaritan for a faithful Jew to avoid, it would be this woman. But the Lord Jesus does not avoid her, does he? In fact, he talks with her, not just about the weather, but he speaks with her seriously about some rather profound topics. We learn so much about Jesus as he meets this woman at the well, don't we? Time and time again, the scriptures tell us about Jesus spending time with people who were considered unworthy, unclean, undesirable, untouchable, unholy, tax collectors, lepers. Do you remember the story of the woman caught in adultery? And Jesus reached out. Jesus stood with people like this to bring life, to bring hope, to bring healing to those who knew they were outcasts, to those who were considered unholy by Jewish culture, those who were unpopular with the religious leaders. During the past three months of these COVID restrictions, we have worshipped the Lord by means of these online services. These worship videos have been made available on our church website, through social media like Facebook and YouTube. And as a result, many people who had never worshipped with us here before in this sanctuary began joining us for worship on a regular basis, a weekly basis. Uh, this includes many of your friends right here in New Mexico, whom you, the people of God at Faith, invited to join us, as well as people some of you have never met and may never meet here on earth, in places as far away as California, Minnesota, Virginia, New York, and Florida. Many of these men and women have reached out to contact our church office to express their heartfelt gratitude for this online ministry. In some cases, their congregations weren't able to produce or decided not to provide online worship like this. In other situations, some of the people said, you know, I've never been to church before. And one man sent me a message saying, it's a good thing I can worship with you right here in my own home. Because I don't think I'd be welcome in any church. Because I have made a royal mess of things. I have made a mess of my life. A royal mess. This man then went on to describe his broken relationships, the sins of his past, all the selfish decisions that he had made through the years, and the shame he now feels for what he calls his misspent life. A royal mess a misspent life. Shame. Sounds a lot like 
a woman who avoided the crowds at the well and already had five failed marriages under her belt, doesn't it? But Jesus did not avoid her. He did not reject her. Jesus did not condemn her over her past because you see her shame was condemnation enough. And unlike the false image of Christ that is painted today by many, the message he brought to the woman at the well was not, well, anything goes. We all make mistakes. If it feels good to you, it's okay. No, Jesus is truth. And Jesus speaks truth into our lives and our situations. And when he asked the Samaritan woman about her husband, why don't you go get him and come back? And she said, I have no husband. Jesus wouldn't leave it at that, would he? Because he knew she wasn't being completely honest. He knew about her. He knew about her embarrassment. And he said, you're right. You're right. You don't have a husband now. Just a man you're living with in a long line of men because you've already been married five times. I want you to think about that encounter. I want you to think about the words of Christ. I want you to think about that man who said it's a good thing he can worship at home because he doesn't believe he'd be welcome in a church like this. If you think your past disqualifies you from being loved by God, you're mistaken. If you think the mistakes you've made will keep Jesus from desiring you and wanting you, you're just plain wrong. If you think your shame has the final word when it comes to the story of your life and your situation, it's not true. And if you think that churches like this one are only for people who have navigated life without making any mistakes, you're so wrong. If you think Jesus came only for squeaky, clean, shiny, happy people, you're so mistaken. You see, Jesus came to save sinners. He came to save a sinner like me. And he came to save a sinner like you. That lonely woman at the well came in the noonday heat to draw water. Water that was necessary to preserve her life, to keep her from dehydration and death itself. Jesus was there to give her living water. Water that would save her from shame and eternal death. Water to refresh her soul and cleanse her from all her sin. And Jesus wants you to receive that very same water of life because he comes to make you clean. He comes to cleanse you. And he has the power and the authority to do this. And another thing we learn from Jesus in today's gospel reading, the way in which he calls us, invites us to worship in spirit and in truth. Now, we know from the Gospels that Jesus went to the temple in Jerusalem. He worshipped with other Jewish people in synagogues. 
And here in this gospel reading, he also says that you can worship him elsewhere in spirit and truth without being tied down to geography. We've experienced that these past three months, have we not? Some of you will choose to continue worshiping from home for the next few months, the way we've been doing it since March. Your pastors here at Faith will continue producing and providing these online worship services that have been and will be available for you. Some of you live too far away to drive here on Sunday morning. These online services will continue to be provided with you in mind as well. You are loved by God right where you are. You are with us in spirit. Together we will continue seeking the mind of Christ and doing our best to live each day in the truth of his love and mercy. And some of you will choose to start worshiping again here in our sanctuary, even with masks and the strangeness of social distancing. But let's remember something today. Social distancing was practiced long before any governor or mayor made a pronouncement or issued some mandate or directive. Any Jew would have kept his distance, socially and otherwise, from a sinner like that woman at the well. But Jesus didn't keep his distance, did he? He came close. He came in mercy. He came in truth. And he came in love. The same Jesus is near you. The same Jesus who crossed the distance from heaven to earth to die the death we deserve on a lonely cross loves you so that we would never, ever be alone or far from God again. May the peace which far surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord this day and until we see the Savior face to face in our eternal home. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.